I had recently read this article. I couldn't, I couldn't find the article that I read, but um, it was an article about Woody Harrelson's father. And it was this incredible story, Woody Harrelson, the actor, uh, about his father and that he was a, an assassin, a professional hitman. And he spent most of his life in prison and died in prison as well. Um, and then also that there are rumors or conspiracies or theories that he was one of the, what they call the three tramps. If you're, if you've ever looked into like the, um, JFK murder conspiracies, uh, when they say there's multiple gunmen and they kind of cite these pictures of these three men. Um, and he was apparently one of them. The pictures didn't quite add up to me, line up to me rather. But anyway, a lot of people do believe that he was one of them. How fucking crazy is that? I mean, I, shit like this happens so often and we're usually uh, very far removed. You know, stories like this. But it's like Woody Harrelson has been a well-known American actor for, I don't know, 25, 30 years fucking what cheers and you know white men can't jump and you know billion other things uh, indecent proposal um those hung hungry games the hungry games um a ton of other things he's a great actor and zombie land and all that and uh yeah his dad was like some crazy i'm gonna read it this isn't the article that i initially found but um this is from all that is interesting.com This is not the original article I read, but whatever. Um, It says the story of Charles Harrelson, the hitman father of Woody Harrelson. When Woody Harrelson was a kid, his father was just a normal dad. But by the time he grew up, Charles Harrelson was a twice incarcerated hitman. There's a picture of him. I'm going to put it right here. Um, Oh, you can see it right there. I don't need to put it on. Um, And that's a mugshot from 1960 uh, from the. Houston Police Department. So it says, sometimes the most interesting actors come from eccentric parents or broken childhoods. The latter is certainly the case with Woody Harrelson, whose father was a professional hitman who spent most of his life in prison. Charles Harrelson disappeared from Woody's life in 1968 when the actor was just seven years old. Afterwards, the elder Harrelson killed a Texas grain dealer and received a 15-year sentence. Somehow, Harrelson got out early for good behavior. That was in 1978. The hitman's freedom didn't last long. And this is Charles Harrelson's biggest crime. Texas drug lord Jimmy Chagra hired Harrelson to kill someone who stood in his way. Chagra forked over $250,000 because he faced a life sentence for drug smuggling. Chagra was scheduled to go before U.S. District Judge John H. Wood Jr. in El Paso, Texas in July of 1979. Defense attorney nicknamed Wood Maximum John because of the harsh life sentence he handed down to drug dealers. The judge's reputation proved to be his tragic undoing. A single assassin's bullet to the small of Wood's back on May 29, 1979, felled the tough-as-nails judge. This is written oddly. The murderer used a high-powered rifle and a scope to kill Wood outside his home in San Antonio as the judge went to get into his car. It was the first time in American history a sitting federal judge was assassinated. An intense manhunt ensued, and the FBI finally caught Charles Harrelson and arrested him for murder. 
Woody Harrelson had no idea about his father's checkered occupation until he was listening to the radio one day. The actor heard a radio news broadcast discuss the murder trial of Charles V. Harrelson. Curiosity got the better of the young man, and he asked his mother if the elder Harrelson was any relation. His mother confirmed that the man was on trial for murdering a federal judge. The, uh, his mother confirmed that the man on trial for murdering the federal judge was indeed Woody's father. Fucking imagine your dad bails when you're seven. So you've known him. He's a part of your life. And then you don't hear from him for years. I mean, what is this? 15, uh, like 10 years. He just, he left when he was in 1968 and then was released in 1978. So 10 years. So now you're 17 and you hear on the radio that a man who has your dad's name is on trial for murdering a judge. What the fuck does that do to you? A judge handed down two life sentences to Charles Harrelson in 1981. Even though the two were estranged, the actor said he tried to have a relationship with his father beginning in the early 80s. Rather than see the convicted assassin as a father, Harrelson saw his elder as someone who he, he could befriend. Even more astonishing, the Hollywood A-lester said he spent nearly $2 million in legal fees trying to get his father a new trial. Chagra, the drug lord, was acquitted on conspiracy charges in connection with the assassination. He supposedly entered the witness protection program for helping the feds on other drug cases. It helped that Chagra's brother was a defense attorney who made a lot of money. The theory was that if Chagra himself was innocent, shouldn't Harrelson also not be guilty of murder? A judge didn't agree with Harrelson's lawyers, and the elder Harrelson spent the rest of his days behind bars. At one point during his life sentences, the elder Harrelson... Why do they keep calling him that? Um made the audacious claim that he assassinated John F. Kennedy. No one believed him, and he later recanted, explaining that the confession was an effort to elongate my life. However, Lois Gibson, a well-known forensic artist, identified Harrelson as one of the three tramps who were three mysterious men photographed shortly after the JFK assassination. Their involvement in JFK's death has often been linked to conspiracy theories. Charles Harrelson died of a heart attack in prison in 2007. What's interesting, what, what is interesting about that is you go like, okay... There are these three unidentified men in these pictures. And I've seen the pictures. But they're in the background. But most of the people in the background are unidentified. You know what I mean? So you could create a similar conspiracy about any number of people in these pictures. It's just interesting. That's how conspiracies work. They take, you know, they'll spotlight just a couple pieces of information that could be rather innocuous, but then all of a sudden you attach them to this greater scheme that has no real backing, and now it's something huge. The problem is, of course, that, I mean, there are actual conspiracies, and some, con some conspiracies are accurate and true. And this one, I don't really know enough about it to get into it. I know it's a, it's a fucked up situation, and it does certainly seem as if our government was heavily involved. Um, but it's just interesting, right? There's just this picture of these three guys that they name the three tramps. Why, why pick them out? Because they were in suits? I don't know. When asked if the convicted assassin influenced his life, the younger Harrelson said, quite a bit. I was born on his birthday. They have a thing in Japan where they say if you're born on your father's birthday, you're not like your father. You are your father. And it's so weird when I would sit and talk with him. It's just mind-blowing to see all these things he did just like me. Harrelson's quirky roles in movies certainly bespeak an interesting past. Just look at oh, Natural Born Killers, Zombieland, Seven Psychopaths. Natural Born Killers, 
is fucking incredible. It's often overlooked as just this really amazing movie, but man, that's for sure my favorite Woody Harrelson movie. And uh, oh, the director's name just bounced out of my head. Oliver Stone. Is that Oliver Stone? It is, right? Yeah, Oliver Stone. Um, and uh, Juliette Lewis, who I normally am not a super fan of, but man, she's remarkable in that movie. Robert Downey Jr. is in that too. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones. That movie's amazing. I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched it in a few years. Um, in the end, Woody said he and his father got along despite his time in prison for being the first person in history to assassinate a U.S. federal judge. What the fuck? That is bananas, right? Like, you know, if you're a fan of Woody Harrelson or just you've heard his name, now all of a sudden you're not far removed from this insane story that also has ties in one way or another, whether it's conspiracy or fact, to the assassination of a sitting American president. Maybe the most beloved president ever. Well, not that loved, I guess. But amazing, right? Isn't that fucking crazy? That blew my mind when I read it. Um, unreal. What a... Uh, you know, it's crazy. Like, that guy Woody Harrelson, it's not like he runs around talking about this stuff all the time. You know what I mean? He, he seems like a real genuine guy. So the fact that he has this interesting of a past and childhood, and you don't often hear about it. I mean, it's 2019, so I haven't heard about it for 36 years. Um because I'm 36. Amazing. Unbelievable. Welcome to Porb. Welcome to Porb. This is episode 16. If you like listening to me talk about things or read you stories, don't forget to uh, rate and review on iTunes. That actually does help me out. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, click the subscribe button and the notifications button so you know when these videos come out. Uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Subscribe to me on... Uh, or follow me on Instagram at Instagram Baker and Twitter at Grant Baker. And while you're out on Instagram, go over to Grey House Music and uh, follow me there too. I submitted the record. It's submitted. It just has to go through iTunes or Apple's review process, rather. Uh, so it's just, I don't know, it's supposed to take just a few days, but we'll see. Um, it's been a few days. I hate waiting. So I, I may miss, because I'm releasing a single this Friday. Um, so I may miss, depending on how fast Apple, uh, puts it up, I may miss the, that deadline. So it may be a couple days later, but I can't do anything about that. So anyway, um, yeah, super excited about that. Hopefully that'll go well and pretty soon I'll be a super famous rock star and I won't need you fuckers anymore. Just do whatever I want. Fucking bitches with no rubbers and shit. Oh boy. Um, how old do you think someone, a child should be before they see a PG-13 rated movie? I'm just guessing that most of you said between 10 and 13. Or, yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Most of you said between 10 and 13. That's what I'm guessing. I will also venture a guess that I will put far more stock in that not one of you 
said four. I'll repeat that. I don't believe, I would bet money that not a single person, when asked that question of how old should a child be before they see a PG-13 rated movie, would say four years old. Right? Four. Fucking four. What kind of a selfish, ignorant parent would you have to be to bring a four-year-old into a PG-13 rated movie, an action movie? How selfish and ignorant would you have to be asking for a friend? You know, it's not like PG-13 rated movies are like a hard R with heads being ripped off and shit like that. But the implication is always there. The intensity level is so high. There is blood and tons of fighting. And this is an action movie and explosions in this hypothetical situation. You know, a four-year-old should not have to, quote, be brave to see a movie. It's fucking crazy. You know, if you have other kids and they're older and they want to see the movie, but you can't separate the time to leave the younger one at home or let the other kids go, then guess what? You just don't get to see the fucking movie. That's how that works. I feel like I say this a lot, but your convenience is not more important than your child's health and safety. Asking a four-year-old child to be that mature and intake, they're, they're fucking sponges. Everything is just going inside them and shaping who they are. They say the first five years of your life is, I mean, some people say eight, regardless. Not four, right? Definitely not four. Oh, boy. Hi. Hi, everybody. Ugh. I don't know what else is going on. Had a nice 4th of July. I, uh, I had my son with me, so, um, what was that, on a Thursday? It was a Thursday. So he didn't have school, so we just hung out, played all day. It was great. And then, you know, toward the evening, as was, they don't do, you know, it gets dark late at this time of the year. In California, so um, you know, fireworks around any place that's doing fireworks. Fireworks don't start till nine, and uh, I usually make sure he's in bed by eight. Um, you know, that's that's what you should do with a a child. So anyway, we uh, <laughs> we hung around, played, you know, went out walked you know our, our dog and stuff like that and then uh I realized man it's really late to not only bring him out but then getting back that means he won't be home till you know 10 asleep by 10 30 it's too late he's got to be up for school the next day and it's just not it even if he didn't it's you know it's unhealthy for a, a child to be up that late um so we ended up going nearby to a fireworks stand and bought uh just some small ones we could use you know uh ones that you can put in the street and they shoot up stuff and we got sparklers and 
it was wonderful. We had so much fun. Um, he was so fucking excited to like be a part of it and do it and not just watch him. Uh, cause he's seen fireworks before. But the other reason I didn't really want to go out was because, you know, my dog is terrified of fireworks as you know, 99% of dogs are, they're really scared. Um, and it's not like, you know, their hearing and smell and senses are way more elevated than ours. So as loud or startling as they can be for us, imagine how this dog feels. They don't even know what they are. And then all these things. And then also, you know, think about, um, you know, veterans, how do they cope with it? I mean, it sounds like a war zone constantly. So I didn't want to leave our dog. It's cruel. I, you know, I, I really do think of her and treat her as a member of the family. You know, so she deserves to have us home. Um, so anyway, we, we played with the fireworks. It was fun. And then, you know, took our bath and winding down. And I put him in bed around 8. And then at like 8, he wasn't asleep yet. And like 8.20, uh, some people said like there was like, a park nearby started doing their fireworks show and you could see them from our house, uh, fairly close. So I ran in and grabbed him out of bed and, I, and he was still awake and, uh, put him on my shoulders in his pajamas and we stood outside and watched for, I don't know, a minute. So it was great. It was wonderful. It was so sweet. And, uh, you know, I got the best of both worlds and got to stay with our dog and it, it was really cool. It was fun. Um, it is, it's a weird balance of, I mean, I've never truly felt very patriotic. This country has a super dark history and present, um, but the world is very different now. And, you know, this country is imprisoning, is imprisoning children and, and, and their parents. And like 30 people have died in these concentration camps that this government is running. So it's very hard to be celebratory of the country uh, given that, and then, you know, you go back any <laughs> number of years and it's always been bad. You know, the, the birth of this country or this government rather, um, came from murdering indigenous people and gentrification and, uh, genocide. It's ugly, man. It's real ugly. So it's hard to be patriotic. So I, you know, I, But at the same time, you know, you want your kids to have these nice experiences also. It's weird. It's a hard, you know, you, I don't know. It's, it's weird. But with him, you know, I, I do tell him, you know, there are fireworks and it's to celebrate people and, and where we live. Um, and as he gets older, I'll, you know, eventually share more about that and we can make a decision together. And he can make a decision on his own how he wants to celebrate if at all. But it was fun. We had a good time. Um, but then, you know, my neighborhood is always like this. I said it last podcast too, that like there's always fireworks going off. It did fuck July. It's like, you know, March on a Wednesday night and there's fireworks. Um, but then like, I always assume that people kind of adhere to like, yeah, after 10, you, you know, shut the fuck up. But there were fireworks, big ones going off until midnight. It's like, come on, man, be respectful and be honest. You don't give a shit about the country. You're not walking around patriotic every day. I've never seen somebody like all every day being like, yay, I'm so happy to be an American. Instead, they'll use it as like a, 
an attack like fuck you america you know what i mean like i'm american this is america it's it's a it's a weapon for people instead of it's not, it's not celebratory so to stay up and like inconvenience other people who are trying to be asleep or older people or children dogs vets it, i don't know it, it it does bug me quite a bit i know so there's people hear that like oh you're like a downer but fuck you go fuck yourself like that's it's true it's true what else is going on in the worldy world i don't know i uh because of the fireworks my dog peed on the rug a rug in the living room couldn't get the smell i washed it stain remover took it outside washed it nothing just crazy intense ammonia smell so i had to throw it away so i ordered a new rug rug shopping is hard it's harder than choosing paint for walls it's just a rug it's really hard um but i think i found a nice one so that's good um i don't know what else is going on i uh am (laughs) already working on I was going to wait to work on new music to like officially start working on new music, but I didn't. I've already started. So that's cool. So if you don't like this record, wait like six months. Maybe you'll like that one. Or maybe you won't. Maybe you just don't like me. That would be weird if you had like a really strong negative reaction to my music but like you really liked my podcast how do you, how would you reconcile that do i have anything like that are there podcasts i listen to but i don't like i get from artists and i don't like their usually it's the opposite for me usually if i sometimes i'll really like an artist but if i hear them in an interview or then i'm not i don't like it especially with a lot of rappers like there are rappers who are just the most amazing uh talented writers and and rappers uh just technically speaking and also you know in their penmanship but then when they're in interviews i don't know there's some weird disconnect like they don't feel comfortable to be authentic or real and they're like they're portraying this character of a rapper it's odd and it, it i can't listen to them speak it's like how do you speak so well and write so well and then all of a sudden there's a microphone and somebody in front of you and now you're speaking like you're a high school kid you know, who doesn't know anything. It's weird. It's really weird. Not all rappers are like that, of course. But every once in a while, or, you know, a lot of times you see with, um, like, rock musicians, especially, like, darker music, like, the level of pretension is suffocating. They're acting like nobody's ever been sad before. Bitch, everybody's sad. And a lot of people make music about it. Um, so that's, yeah. And rappers, too. <laughs> <laughs> like they're talking about like they're saving the world like they're helping the world hopefully you know some are same thing with rock musicians um it's weird though so sometimes i'll find it that way where i can't man i'll be so in love with their music but then to listen to them speak is a, is a real chore um you know painters too like what are you doing man you're not building bridges you're not uh, pulling people from burning buildings. You just, you know, you got a paintbrush. 
Ease up. Don't take yourself so seriously. It's absurd. It makes you look stupid and silly. You're being ridiculous right now. Hold on. Coffee time. All right, my uh, I hope the video is still working. My monitor here is frozen. Let it go, let it go. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, if it is, and this rest of this uh, video podcast bites the dust, I apologize. I will um, figure it out next time. But maybe it's still working. I don't know. Only time will tell. Maybe it's just something weird with the connection of these thingies. Hmm. Damn it. I'm going to check. BRB. Okay. Now we're back. Now we're cooking with fire. What was I saying? Damn it. I don't know. Did you guys watch Stranger Things season three? I might spoil it. I'm not sure if I'm going to. But I might. Uh, no. No. I won't spoil it. No spoilers. Don't worry. At least not like direct spoilers. But I'm going to give my opinion on it. Man. That season was fucking impressive. The first season is obviously outstanding. It's spectacular. Everything about it is great. People, you know, shit on like, oh, it was um, predictable. But like, it, it, it's following a formula. Like, that's part of the nostalgia of it and part of what is good about it. And people are like, oh, it was cheesy. Like, but that's what, that's the thing. This is for people who grew up, not for, but it, it part of the allure and magic of movies from the 80s, especially, was that there was, everything wasn't so bleak since the, you know, 2010s, every movie has to be so bleak and so dark, but there was a time when you could have an intense movie that uh, was scary or, you know, had the, the, the threat of extreme danger, hopelessness, end of the world type stuff, but ultimately there was hope in it. Um, and that's why they resonate so hard is because that is there. It does. It's not all, you know, just hopeless and awful all the time. So th that show echoes those sentiments as well. Season two uh, was good, not great. There was a lot of missteps there, just in the writing. Um, and then one episode uh, in particular, I mean, it was, it was a fine season, but um, one episode in particular where... Eleven goes uh, out of the city and or out of Hawkins and then meets up with these other um, people like her. And I, I know what they were going for. It was just a, it was just a bad. It just wasn't done well. And it was unnecessary for the story as well. Like it was it was like something they wanted to do. And it wasn't about the story. It was more about like, oh, I have this idea, even though the idea didn't fit. So it, it sounds like they heard all these criticisms and then righted the ship which is that's what you want 
you, know, you want, as an artist, you don't want the artists that you're into to be controlled by their fans, but they should hear them because maybe they have a point. And with this season, everything was right. It was, well, the women were strong and independent, um, but naturally so because that's the characters they are. So they, it was written well in those respects. Uh, it was cheesy in all the best ways. It was, there was comedy. And what was cool is like they used, they more used the adults as comedic relief and not the kids, which almost never happens. So it was, uh, it was scary. It was great sci-fi, great action. It was fucking fantastic. The music is obviously always amazing by Survive. Um, it was so good, so fun, you know, and all these great tropes, but it done well, you know, the, the Russians and there's this assassin who's like Terminator. It, it was so good. It, it really was. It's just so much fun to watch. Um, I can't recommend it enough. It, it was, and it was beautiful and sad, um, and I thought this was going to be their last season. I thought they were only going to do three, but they set it up. Spoiler alert. They set it up uh, post-credits that it's not. So hopefully we'll get more because I, I want to see more. Like, I really do. You know, it's not like with Game of Thrones when it got to the, obviously that was, you know, eight seasons. But, you know, I was ready for it to be over. Partly because, you know, it was just, it gotten so bad. But I was ready anyway. But this show, you know, three seasons, I and I want more. Um, and again, they, and they do establish that it's not finished. So, yeah. And even with, I'm not going to say what is in that post-credit scene, but even in that post-credit scene, they set up to kind of undo a big choice they made in the show. And I'm not even mad at it. Normally, I don't like that. You know, like example, in... Um, Deadpool 2, which I love. You know, uh, Deadpool's wife, or, yeah, wife, wife, girlfriend, whatever. She dies in the beginning. And then at the end, he's able to go back in time and he fixes all these things and he saves her. Now, whether or not that's going to be, like, real or it was just a silly thing they did, I don't know. But I hope it's not real because her death was very poignant and moving and it drove the story forward and changed him as a character. So to undo that would undo that arc as well. Or would make it worthless. So with this, and, and you know, it's like if they go like, oh, it was all a dream, shit like that, it's a cop-out. But in this was a rare instance that if, if it was kind of a very uh, vague scene, but if it means what it seems to mean, I'm fine with it. Totally fine with it. Because I, I believe there are a lot of cool ways to go with even that choice. Um... So yeah, if you've never seen any of the Stranger Things, you should. They're really, really great. Really great. Um, I know some people don't like them, but whatever. I don't care about you. It's my way, the highway buster. So that's that. Um, I haven't really watched anything else. I've been trying to find some. There are shows that I kind of want to get into, but I just haven't started. I haven't gotten back into Barry. It's an amazing show, like so well done and funny and and great, well acted, directed. Music is everything. Our music is wonderful and everything. But um, I just haven't gotten back into it. I don't know why. 
so I don't know. I, I just, uh, you know, I kind of, I really sway a lot and I just, I don't question why I'm into something at the time that I'm into it. I just allow myself to be into it. And that's kind of where I'm at, um, right now. Everybody's telling me to watch Killing Eve. Everybody is telling me to, my clients are telling me to watch it. Everybody is my mom, everybody. So it's on my radar and I want to watch it, but I haven't yet. Too busy working on this motherfucking music, man. Really excited. I can't wait. I, I've only played the record for a few people. Um, and it's always tough when you play it. Because the people I played it for, just a handful, are people that are really I'm really close to and who I respect their opinions. And who have usually always demonstrated to be very honest with me. And they really love the record and they enjoy it and they're were impressed and surprised. I don't know why you were surprised. Why are you surprised, man? What the fuck I look like to you? But even there, you know, it's like they know me, they love me. So it, it it's you're never gonna get a completely honest reaction. Uh, there's always gonna be a little bit of coloring there. But I sent it to uh, one of my best friends, who's also a musician, a wonderful musician, like really great. Uh, we were in a band together. Um, she's a singer, a guitar player, keyboard theremin, she and drummer in another band. She's great, and uh, she had nothing but great things to say. So that was a big deal for me. As I, as much as I was nervous to play it for the couple other people I played it for, uh, her opinion was big for me. Um, just as another musician, as someone I've worked so closely with, as, you know, one of my best friends, it was, uh, it was, so I was excited. I'm, uh, I'm hopefully more people will have that reaction as well. Um, cause really guys, I'm just trying to save up for a Jesus piece. You know how much I love Jesus and I like diamonds and gold. That's my thing. Can't you tell? By my house. Very fancy. Very flashy. That's what I'm into. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. So yeah, Jesus piece and uh, like a platinum grill or something. Like platinum with black diamonds in it. So it looks like I got raisins in my teeth. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. I think the record... Will hopefully be well received because um, I really need your support guys <laughs> oh boy uh, and yeah so the first single hopefully this Friday July 12th uh, it is called last time goodbye off of the album again violently sleeping by gray house and that will be available uh, on a few platforms. I will let you know once they're up and put in links and all of that. And yeah, I guess that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. I feel like I'm saying, uh, and yeah, too much. But I know you guys like it. Because the sound of my voice makes you wet in your underpants. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, don't forget to like. 
and rate and review on iTunes, please do that. Do it right now. You're listening. Just do it. I'm giving you this for free. You can't click a button and then write a couple words. It's awesome. Exclamation point. Uh, eggplant emoji. You know? I uh, had to change my underwear. Water emoji. Boom. Amazing. Come on. You're on YouTube, like and subscribe and click the little bell for the notifications. Don't you see this little thing that comes up right here and it pops up every five minutes and tells you to do all this stuff and you're still not doing it? What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, go to my website, grahambaker.com. Scroll to the bottom and click on that Amazon banner and do all your Amazon shopping as you normally would. Same all prices, same prices for you. Nothing changes for you. But some of that money can come back to the show and uh, be a part of my Jesus piece money. I don't do Kickstarters. I just beg on my podcast. Anyway, do all those things. Instagram Baker on Instagram, at Graham Baker on Twitter. I love you. Be good. No. Be well. Do good. Make good choices. Peace.